the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, if you're connected with him, but you're not bearing much fruit, I want you to be more intentional, more intimate today. You may even need some pruning. You know what that is? Look at verse two. It says, every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus Christ like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhillchurch.com. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Everyone in Israel would have understood this language of the true vine, but also they would have understood the language of the vineyard. I've been to Israel a number of times, and there are some things that just define what Israel is all about. For example, the olive tree. All over Israel, you'll find olive trees, and man, that is some good olive oil. Water is significant. That's why throughout the Bible, you see the significance of water. And then the vineyards that would produce the best wine. It's not insignificant that Jesus would perform his first miracle at a wedding where he would turn water into wine. So everyone listening understood this idea of the vineyard and and the grape, the fruit that would make the wine. Hey, one more thing before I jump into this. It's also clear that Jesus was speaking to those who had followed him. Why? Uh, Because he says in verse 3, you're already clean. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. It's it's the same word for clean that he used to describe the robes that believers wear in Revelation chapter 19. I love this passage. Listen to this. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and, and like the sound of mighty pearls of thunders crying out, hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. That's that word, clean. For the fine linen are the righteous deeds of the saints. So, so quick question, are, are you already clean? Are, are you a part of those robed in the pure linen? Have you been saved? I have a friend, Ray, he he often calls it saved and born again. Have you stepped across the faith line? Whatever you call it. Have you begun the faith journey? Colossians chapter 1 says you were once alienated, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, but he has now reconciled you in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach. Before him. Second Corinthians 5 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 
I want to make sure you understand a simple truth today. The Bible says that you and I were born separated from God because of our sin. That sin's not just something you did, it's who you are. And that sin, if left undealt with, will cause you not only to spend eternity, forever separated from God in a place the Bible calls hell, it will also keep you from experiencing God's best here on this side of heaven. God wants his best for you. That's why the Bible teaches that Christ did die for us. He died so that we might experience forgiveness, so that we might walk with him, so that we might receive life, so that we might not have to have forever punishment, but experience eternal life and abundant living here on this side of heaven. But for you and me, there has to be a point in time where we're cleansed where we allow that cleansing touch of Jesus to change our life. And so that takes us back to our story. In this passage, Jesus is referring to those who have experienced that cleansing and those who have not. In fact, Jesus really gives us four types of people. And everybody you know can be summed up in these four groups of people. Let me just describe them and and then we'll talk about them. He he said there are those who have no fruit. Then there are some that, that have fruit. Others still have more fruit, but his desire is much fruit. That shouldn't surprise you. Remember, Jesus said the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. That word abundantly means overflowing. God's desire is that your life be bearing much fruit. Is it? Where are you? Which category are you in? According to Jesus, if you're not connected to God at all, your life will have no fruit. Maybe that's some of you watching today. Others of you, you, you've begun a relationship with God. You, you were connected, but man, there's not much in your life. Maybe you haven't killed someone. You haven't committed adultery. Some of the big ten are off your radar. But there's not much fruit. Others of you are doing pretty good. You read your Bible occasionally. You pop in and out of church. Maybe you give at some times. Maybe the people in your neighborhood They at least know that you go to church. But some of you, man, you're living in abundance. Your life is overflowing. You're bearing much fruit. The Bible says that we all have the potential for inner fruit and outer fruit. Those inner fruit are are things like the fruit of the Spirit, those attitudes that overflow in our life that people see in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And then we have outer fruit. When we begin to do things that point people to Jesus and let others in our little corner of the world see that we love him. What was Jesus saying? I think he was saying that God is concerned with your connectivity. He wants you to be connected to him. That's why he keeps using this word abide. That's what it means to be connected to or to remain with, to stay together. Remember how I began talking about my marriage with Kimberly? Boy, it didn't take long. Even in those first couple of years, we realized we needed a little help. 
and we sought that help out. There's nothing wrong with seeking out help. And we begin to develop some tools, some practices in our marriage that would help us stay better connected. Guess what? A few years later, we recognized we needed that help again. We sought out more help and we developed more tools. Now we're 26 years in. Guess what? We still have to work at being intentional and intimate and staying connected. And the same thing is true in your spiritual life. So Jesus would say, You know, if you're bearing no fruit, you're not connected because apart from me, you you can do nothing. Maybe today you would just examine where you are and decide even if you've you've got a relationship with God. I mean, I, I interpret the words of Jesus to say no fruit probably means no God. And, and Jesus would say, when there's no fruit, that branch is no good. So it's just cut off and it's, it's thrown in the fire. Where are you? No fruit, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. We should all want much fruit. That's what Jesus was saying in verse seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. He's saying, if, if you remain connected to me, the sky's the limit. Do, we, do you believe that? <laughs> That's hard for me to wrap my mind around. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask, what, ask whatever you want. Was Jesus telling the truth? Was, was that just to the disciples? Does it apply to us? I believe it does. Jesus in verse five would say, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. But apart from me, You can do nothing. I'm wanting you to think about your connectivity today. I'm wanting you to understand that it's not that the Christian life is hard or difficult. It's that the Christian life is impossible if you're not connected to Christ. Some of you are wondering why you don't seem to have any spiritual vibrancy, vitality, energy, effect. And maybe you need to ask if you've, if you've remained connected to Christ. Wherever you are, whatever you've been through, I want you to know this. God wants you to be connected to him. That's why Jesus would tell us, by the way, you did not choose me. I chose you to bear fruit. God loves you. He could never love you more than he already loves you today. He'll never love you less and he wants you to be connected to him. And if you're not connected to him, if you find yourself over here in this category where there's no fruit, maybe today you need to pause. You need to apply that truth of the gospel that I mentioned just a few moments ago where first you admit that you need him because of that sin in your life. You believe that Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sin and you connect with him. That's A, B, C. Admit, believe, connect. Well, if you're connected with him but you're not bearing much fruit, I want you to be more intentional, more intimate today. I want you to take those steps just like Kimberly and I have tried to take in our marriage. You may even need some pruning. You know what that is? Look at verse two. It says, every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. 
video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at MissionHillChurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at MissionHillChurch.com. And now, with more of today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Have you ever been pruned? Have you ever gone through the pain of God's discipline where he's cut something back from your life so that something better may appear? I I like the way someone commented on this verse. They, They said, this shows us that God likes tomorrow's fruit better than he likes today's leaves. So he clips away. What needs to be clipped away or what needs to be pruned in your life? It looks like you can have a lot of leaves but have no life. You can be a big bush but have no berries. You can look fantastic on the outside but not be fruitful as a follower of Christ. You may need to be pruned. And this is what Jesus was saying. Pruning always propels our potential and our power. Would, would you be so bold to pray this to God? God, take away anything in me that is not of you. We need to stay pruned to stay healthy. But how do we respond to that pruning and make sure we bear much fruit? Remember, that's where we desire to be. We desire to bear much fruit. Well, look at verse four again. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Think about that. We trim some bushes. Um, <laughs> we trim some bushes in our yard, and, and I noticed that someone had taken some of the branches off the bushes and had put them at other places in the yard. And, and I said, "What are you doing?" And, and someone said, "Well, I, I'm thinking I may want to plant them so that they might grow new there. That could work." after they're planted. But where they're just laying, I can assure you this, there's going to be no growth. A branch disconnected from the plant is no good. A branch cannot bear fruit, Jesus said, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So how do I remain? How do I stay connected? Well, for Kimberly and I, our marriage, it meant that we would have to be intentional and intimate. So we would date regularly. We would talk consistently with one another. We would even abandon, maybe annually, get away. It took time. And the same is true in your spiritual life. If you want to abide in Christ, it's going to take time. Time where you're involved in personal worship. Time where you're personally involved in the word. Time where you're personally involved in prayer. Time where you're personally sharing with others. You see, Jesus reminds us that that which is intensely personal was never intended to be private. So if we're going to abide in him, we're going to share it with others. Some ways, someone summed all this up this way. They said, I abide by praise, prayer, and practice. How about you? Are you abiding? Are you remaining? Well, what happens? How do I know? What are some temperature gauges to know whether I'm doing that? Well, if I'm abiding in him, Jesus was saying, I remain loving. I remain loving. 
He says that over and over again in this passage. You love like I love. And that shouldn't surprise us. That was the great command of Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. What was he telling us? Love God passionately. Love others intentionally. You want to know if you're bearing much fruit? Well, look at your love life. Are you remaining in love? And then Jesus would say, remain in obedience. John would later go on to say, this is how you know that you love God. You follow his commands. Are you doing what he's told you to do? Are there any areas of active disobedience in your life? You will not bear much fruit if you're living in disobedience. And I want to remind you, delayed obedience is disobedience. He said, remain in my love, remain in, in obedience, be loving, be obedient. And then he would say, remain in joy. Be joyful. Let, let my joy be in you so that your joy may be full. Jesus was once again reminding us as the scriptures teach that our joy does not come from our circumstances. We need to hear that today. As you turn on the news and everyone gives you a doomsday, we're in the corona apocalypse. I mean, things are crazy. But our joy doesn't come from from our circumstance. Our our, our happiness may be affected by our happenings, but not our joy. Our our joy comes because his joy is in us. I think about my friend Ladon, the Iranian, who spent, I think, 45 days in an Iranian prison with nothing. She stole a pencil from the guard's desk, she says, and she began to write the verses of scripture that she remembered on the prison wall. And she said, as days passed, the word of God written on the wall became my joy. Listen to what she said. My prison became my place of worship. You want to know if you're bearing much fruit? Are you joyful? Is your life characterized by joy? Well, how do I do all this? I stay connected to him. This is so hard for us to understand. We want to think about there must be something we do. And that's the way it is with every other world religion. There has to be something I do. In Islam, it's called the five pillars of Islam. In in Buddhism, it's called the noble eightfold path. In most other cults or, or religion, there's a list of things that kind of determine that minimal that you have to do. But not Christianity. We just have to trust what he's done and abide in him. That's all that a branch has to do. Stay connected. You stay connected and you bear much fruit. Guys, that's hard for us to mess up. Are you bearing fruit? Think about it again. How are you doing? No fruit? Fruit? More fruit? Much fruit? Some of us need to make adjustments. We're like that church, the church in Sardis in the book of Revelation in chapter three. 
says the messenger of God, the angel, said to the church in Sardis, the words of him who has the seven spirits of God, the seven stars, I know your works. You have a reputation of being alive. Some of us have that reputation. Everything looks good on the outside, but notice what it says. But you're dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains, what's about to die. For I've not found your works complete in the sight of God. Some of us need to wake up and strengthen. But the good news is, God has done all the heavy lifting. There's a verse that is in this passage. It's the verse we ended on that I think sums everything up. Jesus said this, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Jesus was telling us, he was telling his disciples what he was about to do. He was telling us what he has done. He laid down his life. Now all we have to do is stay connected. When we stay connected, the heartbeat of God begins to flow through us and we bear much fruit. The headline read this way, Iowa couple married 72 years, dies holding hands just an hour apart from each other. Their passing reflected the nature of their marriage. Gordon Yeager and his wife, Donna, both in their 90s, they had been in an automobile accident. The automobile accident resulted in serious injuries. The injuries took them to a hospital ICU room. They were separated. Their adult children, at that point in their 70s, both said that they had watched as their parents were preparing to die. The mother would say her chest was hurting, but then she would ask about her husband. The father would say his back was killing him, but then he would say, how's mom doing? It became clear that they wouldn't make it, that they were going to die. So the two of them both were sent to a room side by side, and they held hands until Mr. Yeager died at 3.38 in the morning, still holding the hand of his wife. As his children were there, they began to notice something odd. Though he had stopped breathing, there was still a pulse on the heart monitor. They, they turned to the nurse and they said, what's going on? <laughs> and the nurse said, something very special is happening. See your dad's holding your mom's hand? His hand is picking up her heartbeat. As long as they keep holding hands, it looks as if her pulse is running through him. The son said it hit him. That's the way it is with God. If we stay connected to him, his heartbeat, his pulse begins to run through us. And we move from a life of no fruit 
to a life of fruit, to a life of more fruit, to a life of much fruit, because we have been connected to Jesus. A change of pulse changes our actions. Seeing who Jesus is changes who I am. And when I realize that he is the true vine, it makes me want to stay connected with him. I am changes who I am. I want to be like those described in the Psalms. Listen to Psalms 92. They're planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They stand and they bear fruit in an old age. They're ever full of sap and green because they're planted. Remember our, our key word, connectivity? Let me ask you today, how's your connectivity? You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, You're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhillchurch.com. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhillchurch.com and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at MissionHillChurch.com. On Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910.